Matthew chapter number 27. I want to say what a blessing it is to be saved. I'm talking about to be sure enough born again, saved by the grace of God, sealed until the day of redemption. I'm glad to know that I have a Bible that teaches me that once I'm saved, the devil can't do a blessed thing about it. Amen. You're going to learn that today. Amen. I, I, I just want to run to the third point right now. I'm telling you, I've been so excited about this to be able to share this with you guys. Uh, we have stopped in verse number 40. Uh, let's see, verse number 45. If you'll find verse 45, we've been going through this chapter uh, for several weeks and looking at the cross of Calvary. And we, we've learned many things about the different characters, the thieves and, and Barnabas, and, or excuse me, Barnabas. So we, 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 we've learned so many things about Peter and, 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 and uh, Judas, uh, all of these things. Last time we were here, we was, we was visiting Christ on the cross the first three hours. The first three hours. And we, we learned what he did and we learned what he said that brought salvation to a thief, a guilty thief on a cross. Amen. Amen. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. Amen. Today, as we go into this verse today, Jesus has been hanging on the cross for three hours, three hours in agony, three hours in pain, three hours of mocking. If you'll go back and read, you'll find that they were mocking him making fun of him, uh, antagonizing him. But here we find in the, at, the, at the end of the third hour, something takes place. Something takes place, and that's what I want to talk about today. So, Matthew 27, in verse number 45, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. This is, this is the sixth hour is noon, is noon. They put him on a cross at nine and he is now in the hottest day, part of the day, the high noon, darkness covers the earth. In verse 46, it says, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sakhtanani, that is to say, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Say it with me. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children, 
When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. And he went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch, go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the service today. I'm so grateful for your word. Lord, I desperately need your Holy Spirit to lead me, guide me, help me to say what you want me to say. Lord, this is such an important topic, such an encouraging word today. And Lord, I pray that everything will be understood. I pray that I'll be able to say it clearly. Lord, I pray that you'll help me, help me to preach. Lord, don't let anybody leave here confused. Don't let anybody leave here with a misunderstanding of your word. I pray that you'll touch every person. Be with those at Fairview. Guide and direct and help them. Lord, I pray as we come into your word, I pray that you'll illuminate it, open our minds to understand the Holy Scriptures. And God will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Lord, don't let me forget anything. And don't let me say something I'm not supposed to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Three hours of agony. Something takes place that is unusual. Something that takes place that probably causes fear and dread upon the witnesses and everybody that's standing at the cross. Darkness covers the earth. Darkness covers everything. I'm not talking about uh, the, the, it got cloudy. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, the, it, 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 the, the dusk fell. This is at high noon and this is a darkness that you could touch. A darkness uh, that was so thick you could cut it, if you will. What happened? What happened? What is taking place on this cross? I want to, I want to really help you understand point number one, because of point number one, we have point two and three. We got to understand what took place in point number one so we can appreciate and be thankful for point number two and point number three. And in this darkness, in this time, on the cross, we, we, we could go back and look. We could go back and look at the first three hours. In the first three hours, Jesus looked at his mother and looked at John and said, behold thy mother, behold thy son. He was entrusting his mother's care to his uh, really best friend on the earth, John. We, we see in the first, he, he said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He, he also, listen, looks at the thief on the cross and said, today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Everything was about forgiveness. Everything was Jesus still ministering to those on this earth. But the next three hours was way different 
than the first three hours. Something took place in the next three hours that changed everything. Oh, we see here in this time that Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou what? Forsaken me. Forsaken me. The word forsaken means to leave. It means to abandon. It means to desert. And we see in this same three hours that Jesus cried out, I thirst. I thirst. We find that in the book of John. Oh, so much is is here in this particular time. And I want to share that with you today. So if we're taking notes, I want to be quick as I can. Number one, I want you to see the agony that he experienced, the agony that he experienced. Jesus is here on the cross. What is taking place on this cross? We've got to understand. We've got to understand that if you look in Isaiah chapter number 53 and verse number 10, it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul a what? Offering, say it with me, make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their what? Iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he had poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Preacher, what are you saying? In the garden, Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. What cup? The cup of sin, the cup of iniquity, the cup of transgressions. He who knew no sin became sin. Oh, are y'all understanding what I'm saying? He, the perfect lamb of God, who never said a wrong thing, who never done a wrong thing, who never sinned in his life, who was perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, perfectly good, perfectly special. He became sin. He took my sin and he took your sin. He took my lies and your lies and my misbehavior and your misbehavior, my rebellion and your rebellion, every murder, every rape, every incestual act, every abomination, everything was put upon him and God judged his son in your place. God poured out his wrath upon his son. Darkness covers the earth. Preacher, what about that darkness? Three things in the agony. Three things that I want you to see that makes up the agony that he experienced. It wasn't just the nails. Listen, it wasn't just the beating he endured. It wasn't the crown of thorns upon his head. It wasn't being nailed to a cross and hanging there almost to the point of suffocation because that's the way many who were crucified died, asphyxiation, because they could not push themselves up to fill their their lungs with air. Listen, what did he go through in these three hours? First of all, we see the darkness. We see the darkness. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember? When Jesus was in the garden 
And Judas comes and kisses him on the cheek. And he said, this is your hour and what? The power of darkness. What is evil known for? Darkness. What is evil connected to? Darkness. People love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Everything about evil is in the darkness. Somebody say amen. The Bible says that hell is compared to this. The servant shall be cast out into outer darkness. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying darkness is connected with sin. Darkness is connected with evil. Darkness is connected with hell. Ye shall be cast out into outer darkness. Darkness, darkness falls upon Christ. But not only that, he says, I thirst I thirst. And I begin to think about that. How many of y'all remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man and Lazarus. One was a believer. The other was an unbeliever. The Bible says Lazarus was a believer. He died. He died and the angels carried him to be in Abraham's bosom in paradise. Listen, but the rich man died. The rich man died. And the Bible says in hell. He lift up his eyes being in torment and he saw Abraham afar off across the Gulf. And he said, Oh, would you send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue for I am tormented in this flame. How many of y'all remember that? I see the darkness. I see the thirst I see, listen, the the heat of hell all around Christ. But then the worst part of it, the worst part of it, the, the most devastating part of it was when he cried out every time Jesus addressed God in the Bible. It was my father, my father. If you have seen me, you have seen my father. Pray like this, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the only time in all of scripture that he addresses God as God and not father. Why? What took place? We see a separation took place for the first time in eternity. God, the father and God, the son felt a separation And Jesus, the son of God, the blessed prince of heaven was separated the first time ever in eternity that he was ever separated from the presence of his father, the presence of God. Preacher, what are you saying? The worst part about hell will not be the fire. The worst part about hell will not be the suffering. The worst part about hell will not be the darkness. The worst part about hell will not be the demons. The worst part about hell will be the absence of God. God. The absence of God's presence, the absence of God's comfort, the absence of God's love, the absence of God's, listen, his mercy and his blessing and his goodness. Oh, preacher, what are you saying? I'm telling you this right now. This is what I'm trying to get across to you that in those three hours on the cross that Jesus went through hell on earth. He had to suffer. He had to go through, he had to experience what every lost sinner will experience if they die in their sin. And for three hours on the cross, Jesus experienced an infinite God's infinite wrath 
infinite anger, infinite justice, infinite judgment, infinite condemnation. And for three hours in darkness, Jesus suffered hell on earth for you and me. He experienced the darkness. He experienced the, 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 listen, just the pangs of hell. He experienced, worst of all, Nicky Joe experienced the separation from his father. The absence of God. And he cried out in his humanity, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou abandoned me? Why hast thou left me? Why has thou forsaken me? He had to experience what every sinner will experience. He paid for your sin. He experienced what belongs to us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And when he died, when he gave up the ghost, he said, It is finished. It is done. There's a whole message in there, but I ain't got time. I'm going to get to that third point today. (laughs) Something took place in the temple. In the temple, there is a place called the holy place and the holy of holies. In In the holy place, there's the table of showbread, the altar of incense, and the golden candlestick. And and the priests were allowed to go in there and minister and take part. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details, but study, it's a great study. But one time a year, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest and only the high priest had the ability and access to go into the Holy of Holies. Our, our, Our Israel guide would say the Holy of the Holies. He said he would go in there and before he went, before he went, he would have to put incense on the altar, which would cause a a cloud to come up and to cover and protect him while he's in the glory. Because humanity is so weak. Humanity, if they were, you know, Moses cried out to God and said, let me see your glory. He said, if I did, he'd kill you. Now think about that a minute. And he said, matter of fact, he, he, put, he put Moses in the cleft of the rock and put his hand over him, covered him, and just went by. And all Moses got to see was what was left over after God was gone. And it was so incredible, it caused his face to shine. No man in his sinful condition, no man in his broken condition, his corrupt state, could see into the presence of a holy God. Matter of fact, matter of fact, how many of y'all have heard the word cherubim? Cherubim, right? The first time we find the word cherubim is in Genesis in the garden. If y'all remember that Adam and Eve sinned and God drove them out of the garden and he put a cherubim, he put a cherubim, an angel, he put a cherubim there with a flaming what? Sword. Saying, no access, no access, stop, you can come no further. Say that with me. Say it again. Do you know what was on the Ark of the Covenant? Cherubims. 
And do you know what the cherubims are for? They're to remind mankind. You can. Do you know we find cherubims in Ezekiel? And we find cherubims in Revelation. In the, the, listen, the greatest description of cherubims in Revelation, there are four creatures around the throne crying day and night, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. The cherubims are there to say to man, stop. You can come no further. Stop. You are sinful and God is holy. Stop. You are wicked and God is holy, holy, holy. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The veil was there for man's protection. The veil was there to say, you cannot come into the presence of a holy God. Oh, but when Jesus died on the cross, God ripped the veil from the top all the way to bottom to say, no longer are you kept outside. No longer are you separated. God made access to him. And now sinful man can come to a holy God. Woo, say amen. amen. That's good, ain't it, preacher? Amen. amen. Listen, listen. The cherubim said, stop. But God says, come on. Look what it says. Look what it says. <clears throat> in, in, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. Ephesians 2, 18. For through him, Jesus, through him, we both have, what's that word? Access. Say it again. We have. Hebrews 4, 16, because that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, because we have access. Watch this. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come, say it with me, come under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Access was supplied because of the agony he endured. We find access to the Father. You couldn't come boldly before that. You better not come at all. Listen, if those high priests were not right when they went in, God would kill them immediately. But when access was made, there's a lot of people that come to my office. And when they get to my office, this is what you hear. Except for my wife or my children. They don't do this right here. What do they do? They just. They come. They ain't got a knock. They ain't, that's not good English. They do not have to seek permission. <laughs> they can come right on in. Amen. And all, <laughs> whoo, say amen. amen. You don't have to go to no priest. Amen. You, 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 listen, I appreciate, I appreciate when I can call on somebody I have confidence in and and ask for prayer. Preacher McCormick, who was here this week, listen, he's watching now, right now. And look, 
Look, Miss McCormick, I got my suit on. I got my suit on. Listen, there'll be times and I've got a message that's just really working on me and it's really burdening me. I'll call a preacher and I'll say, man, I need you to pray for me. Man, pray for this message. Pray this comes out right, please. And I'll, I'll seek somebody else to intercede with me and pray with me. But do you know what? Do you know what? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he is praying for us. He is interceding on our behalf and we don't, we don't any longer have to go to somebody else. We can come. Come on. We can come boldly before his throne. You know why? Because of them three hours of darkness. We can come boldly. We have access to the father. So first of all, we see the agony he experienced, the access. How many of y'all are glad we have access? The access he supplied. Hallelujah. Number three. This is my, oh my goodness, this is my favorite. And you got to follow me. I don't want this to be confusion. I want you to stay with me. Jesus was in the darkness. Jesus was in the darkness experiencing hell on earth. Right? But who else was in the darkness? Who else was in the darkness? If the darkness was on the whole earth, all the people. Y'all with me? Y'all a little slow this morning. Did you get your coffee? People. The ones at the foot of the cross. The ones in Jerusalem. The ones on earth. They were in the darkness. There was something, something holy and unholy taking place on Calvary. But they were in the darkness too. And imagine this. What was happening in the darkness on Calvary was for the benefit of the others that was in the darkness too. I know what you're thinking. Where are you going with this? Oh, oh, oh. how much time ago? Oh, I got plenty of time. I was going through, I was going, I got, a, I got, a, I got a computer program on my, on my, on my, uh, uh, my Bible study program on my computer. And, and I was going, I was looking up every, every word when you find the word darkness in your Bible, just, just to, just to see, just to see. And I come across, I come across something that I knew about it, but I had forgot about it, but I was re-familiarizing myself with it when I come across this verse. If you will go, don't go, but if you will go, you can go later. But in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, we find God and Abraham making a covenant. Making a covenant. And a covenant is a promise. A covenant is an agreement. All right, it's a testament. If you you look in your Bible, you have the old covenant. Testament and the new. But do you know what that word means? Testament? It means covenant. It means covenant. You have an old covenant and a? Well, in Genesis, Abraham and God are making a covenant. And in that covenant, in that agreement, 
in that agreement, this covenant was a covenant of the cutting. It was called a covenant of the cutting. And they would take, they would take a sacrifice. They would take an animal, this sacrifice. Y'all stay with me. I'm using words on purpose. And they would put this sacrifice and they would cut it into pieces. And they would lay the pieces on the ground. Are y'all with me? And in this, in this, uh, as they would lay the pieces on the ground, the two people, the two people making the agreement, making the covenant, would walk in between the pieces that were cut on the ground. Both of them. Both of them. How many does it take to make a covenant? Two. How many does it take to make an agreement? So how many people have to keep the agreement? And see the point of this cutting, the point of this cutting and all the pieces of this animal laying out on the ground. So when these two people went through and walked in between these pieces, they were saying, I'm going to keep my part of the bargain. You're going to keep your part of this. And if I don't keep my part of it, what happened to these animals will happen to me. In other words, in other words, this is to remind me that if I mess up my side of the deal, then this is what's going to happen to me. Are y'all with me? I know right now y'all ain't familiar with the story. Because you'd have done run out the building shouting. Do you know what happened? The promise and the covenant between God and Abraham. Listen, Abraham got everything ready. He got the animals that God told him to get. He cut them into pieces just like God told him to do. And he laid all the pieces on the ground. And he was waiting for God to show up. So that him and God could do what? Walk in between the pieces so that they could say, if I don't keep my end of the bargain, then what will happen to these will happen to me. But while, oh, hallelujah, while Abraham was waiting on God to show up, God put him in a horrific darkness, darkness, darkness covered Abraham. And he went into a deep sleep. And while he was in that state, God himself, all by himself, came and walked in between the pieces of the covenant to say, hey, Abraham, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you fail. It doesn't matter if you keep your end of the bargain. I'm going to assure and I'm going to promise this covenant. This covenant is not based on what you do. This, this, this covenant is not based on your performance. It's not based on how well you can do your side of the bargain. I'm making this covenant all by myself. So it didn't matter if Abraham failed. It didn't matter if he messed up. It didn't matter if he didn't pull his weight. 
Because let me tell you, honey, if you'll go read the book of Genesis, you'll find out there were times Abraham failed. There was time Abraham didn't keep his side of the bargain. There was times he didn't do what he was supposed to do. But that covenant held strong because it wasn't based on what Abraham did. It was based solely on what God did. You say, ho, 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 ho. Hey, what's that got to do with us? I'm going to tell you something was taking place on Calvary in a darkness that we can't even imagine. And God, the Bible says, in, amen, in Hebrews chapter number one, that Jesus all by himself purged our sins, purged our sins. While they was in that darkness, Jesus all by himself was making a covenant with mankind that whosoever believeth on him, listen, will be saved. And it's not based on your ability. It's not based on your performance. It's not based on whether you're good enough. It's not based on whether you fail or don't fail. It's solely based on Jesus' promise to you. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. You say, why did he do that? Because he knew we wouldn't be able to keep our side of the bargain. (laughs) Woo, say amen. Listen, I'm glad I don't go to one of them false teaching churches. Yeah, there's churches all over America tell them, oh, you come by grace, but you better keep your side of the bargain. You better, you better stay good. Because if you don't stay good, you're going to lose it. No, 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 honey. You need to go back to Genesis. God all by himself. Gee, gee. I, I, some of y'all looking at me funny. Let me read you a verse. I'm sorry. I mean, this has just been all over me. Hey, man. Look what it says in Hebrews 1, 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Read it with me. When he had. Come on now. When he had. Purged our sins. You didn't do nothing. Because you couldn't do nothing. <laughs> You was like everybody else, waiting in the darkness, waiting him to get done. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Big deal. Let me tell you how big a deal this is. <laughs> Woo, when you see this. Look at, look at, look at the bottom of your notes. <clears throat> Look at the bottom of, you know, Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Slow down, folks. Man, this is like a good steak. You don't want to eat it too fast. You want to let it. You want to let it, just just savor it in your mouth a little bit. Now, Tammy will know that's a lie for me because I inhale everything. Amen. But go slow. Go slow. I will. 
never. I will never. What? Leave thee. Nor. I will never. I will never. Jesus in the darkness cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou left me? Why hast thou abandoned me? It was so. One day he could look at you and say, I was forsaken. I was abandoned. I was left so that I would have the ability to look at you dead in your eyes and say, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. You know what Jesus is saying? I will never let happen to you what happened to me. Do you know what that means? You don't. I can tell. That means after you're saved and born again and a child of God and you get stupid. So I don't like that word. Well, don't act that way. And how about this word? You get ignorant. Are you happy? And you do something very foolish. And you do something that if it was left up to your side of the bargain, you would be left. But because because Jesus all by himself depended only on himself to keep the agreement, the covenant even though you messed up. Nick Joseph, I ain't leaving. I won't forsake you. Even though you forsook me, I'm not going to forsake you. <laughs> that don't mean he won't beat the devil out of you though. Just in case you get any ideas. Do y'all understand the ramifications of this? We're secure. We're sealed. Well, I preach, I tell you what, I, I, think, I think if I mess up, then I'm done. Well, you don't know your Bible. You wasn't on that cross. You, you, you wasn't in that darkness paying the price. Jesus all by Abraham, Abraham was in in an unconscious state in darkness while God was making that covenant all by, you know what he was telling Abraham? The fulfillment of this agreement, the fulfillment of this covenant is based solely 
on me. So even though if you fail, you can see the whole point of the agreement was if one or the other didn't keep his side. So God did it all by him. Ladies and gentlemen, I got good news. Shane, he went through hell on earth so that he could look you in the eye and say, no matter what you do, I'll never forsake you. Now I'm telling you, everybody in here, I don't care if you're Baptist or Presbyterian, you ought to get happy and shout. How many of y'all have gotten ignorant after you were saved. How many of y'all are glad Jesus said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Never. Well, I tell you what, if you sin a certain amount, please do me a favor and get a dictionary and look up the word never. Never. Everybody say it. Never. Everybody say it. Never. Everybody at Fairview with everybody here, let's say it so God can hear that we hear. Amen. Never. Never leave you. Never forsake you. Because he was forsaken. He was abandoned. He experienced the separation for you so that you would never have to. And all God's people say it.